This episode of This Week in Nerd News was recorded in front of a live studio apartment audience. Although the words studio and apartment are wrong, but I spent two weeks making this bed and was sticking to it. Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week. I am your host, Mikkel Snyder. I'm your host, Keith Week Cleveland, who does not live in a one-bedroom studio. I'm your host, Victoria Bertine. I'm just here today, guys. And when you say you're here, we mean that we are all physically here together in Chicago, in Keith's very much not a studio apartment, as, as I was corrected several times in the way over here. But it's a good bit. We don't often get to do bits like this in person. By which you mean never. Never. <laughs> never. But as such, uh, this weekend is the like first weekend of August fully. Uh, it's August 7th as we're recording this. It is the last day of C2E2, the Chicago Comic Entertainment Expo, if you're not aware of all of the abbreviations, because there are so many. And for the past three days or so, we have been doing con activities for the first time in a lot of bits. So, welcome to the C2E2 episode, or C2E3, before that was ruled out by legal. The fact that I live here and didn't know what C2E2 stood for makes me feel a little embarrassed. (laughs) But I'll take that. I just went. (laughs) (laughs) the, The acronym was... Of very little importance to me. I just followed people who were in cosplay. I mean, that's probably the the right way to do that. That's kind of what we did, except that there was a helpful worker uh, who told us to like cut through this wholesale parking lot in order to get to the convention faster. And then we started seeing the One Piece cosplayers. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, again, like kind of questioning my Chicago resident card. Like when we got into the lift to go to the like performing place, the driver asked us like, Hey, do you wanna go to the new building or the old building? I'm like, I know them as West and South. Like, what do you mean new or old? I'm gonna go like new and then we went to the entirely wrong building and had to like walk two blocks to do what we had to go. But you know, we made it there. I we did, I did direct us on the train properly though. Yes. There we yes. go. Yes. I was navigated very, very effectively with the train and the venture app. Uh, we are not sponsored by any of the things that we are being mentioned. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we need to say that, but like I like saying it anyway. Let's imagine Venture sponsoring a podcast. I mean, who knows? We have good voices for radio. Yeah. Sure. We also have non-patented, patented sections of our podcast. That is true. So, that is yeah. true. The Mad Libs app is coming eventually once we stop fighting with the creators of Mad Lib. I'm not doing that. So, uh... But yeah, uh, we've been at a convention for the first time in the the pandemic entirely. This is my first convention since since be, the before times. This is my first convention since I went to C2E2 like five years ago. And I went for one day, got overwhelmed, did a lab, and went home. So like, yes, also what you're saying, but also my first convention in a long time in general. Yeah, so same. And one of the things that we wanted to talk about was just how the convention itself was run. So my last convention was a steampunk convention in just barely before the pandemic, like March of 2020. And it was a mess for numerous reasons um, that I kind of just generally associate with cons. Uh, And then this one felt, C2E2, where we're at now, felt much more streamlined and like, 
I usually, I usually prep myself for anxiety, and I felt like I didn't need the amount of prep work that I did. I don't know. How did you all feel? McCormick is, is a very well-structured convention center for something like this. So, like, it's five stories, and then, like, on the very first floor, there's a little arrow that's a little misleading. That, But it, like, directs you to the, the ticket lineup, and, like, you can get your passes in this nice, big open space, and then you go up two sets of escalators, and then they have the big security line you go through. And then there's a giant convention floor that is, like, deceptively, like displaying how big it actually is so like you walk in so like oh this is fun and then you start going into it so like what is what is happening why am i exploring a small continent that has been put into this thing um so that that's the third floor and then right above that they have a whole bunch of conference rooms for the different panels and demonstrations that were happening and then even above that on the fifth floor uh they had the D D rooms and like it gave every room a lot of space and there was also, like, quiet rooms on the first floor, which I didn't ended up needing to use, which I thought I was going to be going there a lot more than I actually did. Um, but that goes to the fact that, like, the con was very, like, chill in a lot of different ways. Yeah, McCormick Place is one of those places that, like, because it's along the lake and you only see it from one side, seems not as massive as it actually is, but, like... It's pro- the convention floor itself is probably the size of a good, like, 10 football fields. So you can get a whole lot of steps in when you're and everything. But for me, I would say one thing I appreciated more this time than the last time that I went was that I was able to apply for a press pass. So I got to go on the short line. So it was really, really cool seeing, like, there being a line of people that were, like, probably going to be the 15 minutes or so getting in. I just, like, walked in behind some people and just, like, like this wave of security, looked at them, showed them my badge, and, like, you got moving. It was cool. Well, so I, I actually went through the... the the snow, the the, oh, the no. standard pass thing, the and pedestrian like, line. What you're saying? Thank you, thank you. You were thinking it. I was thinking of a worse word, which oh, is with really. Well, couldn't worry about what that after the recording. Um, <laughs> no, so like I went through that, but like security was like effective. Like they had people flowing through. There were gate sections, so like, and they were very good. Sort of like, hey, look, just carry walk through. If there's something that needs to be like checked more thoroughly, we'll take you off the design for like thirty seconds, but. People were flowing. There was not, like, stop gaps. It was not a choppy experience. Like, people were getting in and out of the convention very, very fluidly. Yeah. Um, so. so from a logistical standpoint, C2E2 was a success for sure. Okay. But, like, how was it for us on an individual basis? You all see anything cool? Notice anything memorable? Getting old. <laughs> Cons are a young folk game, and I am. I am 30 and... 31? 31, 31 and I'm tired. Because you're older than me. Constantly. He he is. He I'm wonders baby. why he has little brother energy, and then mm-hmm. it becomes delight every time. Uh, the first thing that you see when you go into the the main hall was the One Piece uh, World Tour uh, booth, which was really cool. As someone who is nine hundred eighty six episodes into the anime after just two years, I don't I don't know exactly how this happened, but here we are. Um, and it was really cool. Uh, they were demoing the card game. They had a lot of cool displays, a lot of uh, figurines that were going to be on sale online later on. Uh, lots of different vendors from all over the Midwest. I was back in St. Louis. It's usually just like a couple like Missouri, Illinois vendors. But like Chicago had folks from like St. Louis, Ohio, a bunch of Midwestern places. So it's like, this is where we can sell wares for coin. Um and the artist alley in tucked in the back was also like 26 rows, because one, one for each letter of the alphabet, 
which was also very confusing because it it's, has its own organizational system in a place that already had a very confusing organizational system. <laughs> stuff. Yeah, um, one point we had like double letters because they're like natural letters for the convention center yep. itself. Like you're in section K, whatever. But then Artist Alley had its own letters. Mm-hmm. You'll tell somebody, I'm over here in like W. I'm like, there's there's no W. What are you talking about? What's a W? There's only, there's only these. Um, I went to a, a few panels and then what I thought was a panel that was actually a dance demonstration, which... <laughs> In hindsight, I, I should have should have picked up more that the Wizards Dance Party was not like a expression, but an actual dance party. So that that's on me. Um, but before I, I say more, I'll, I'll I'll see to you two. What did y'all see there? Follow question: When you say Wizards Dance Party, were you expecting dancing wizards? I was expecting them to talk about dancing wizards because that is a precedent in the media that I watch. All right, cool. There's a clarification. And also, like, the word panel definitely means, like, I expected people at a panel, like, talking to me about things. And, like, that's what a panel means, right? It's sort of like panel talk. This was a dance, and the panel was not being used, so I felt like, like, maybe don't call it a panel. Maybe they were talking to you like bees or Zoidberg. It was through the movement. Um, but it still wasn't on the panel thing, so, like, it's still, um, like... You needed a dais, and then it would have been okay. Maybe... Yeah. Actually, yeah. No, I feel like I. It's sort of like then that would be completely on me. So okay, that's fair. And before I talk about some of the stuff that I saw or wanted to see, what about you two? What was your experience like? So I didn't. I didn't do panels. I probably should have, but that was that was a lot. Um, I think because I started with the artist alley and it was so huge there's two like mini buildings inside this giant space i didn't realize there were two i thought it was only one and so i kept like trying to orient and then i was like oh there's two of these this space is ginormous uh i think for me one of the things that was coolest about artist alley and the con in general is that all of the cons that i've been to have been in arizona um, and therefore both the attendees and the, uh, guests and artists have been very white. Um, and this was just such a diverse con in all senses. Um, back home, I like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy something from every artist of color. And that means that I like get five, $5 stickers and I'm good. And I was like, okay, we got to change the rules here because I don't have that much money, which was a cool feeling to have. Um, but there were some really great artists and, and really, you know, some, some weird things that you're not expecting to like, you can sell that. Sure. Okay. Um, but it was it was really cool, and I did spend a lot of time there, and that was... I was a little tuckered after that, um, but it was also a cool way to see some of the cosplayers and interact with them. Any yeah. particular artist that sort of, like, once you saw them, sort of, like, you had to acquire a, an item for them that you would like to share with the, the microphone? Um, I don't remember okay. her name. We'll add it to the credits of the episode. We'll add it to the credits of the episode. <laughs> That's what the, the post-description uh, yeah. plain yeah. text is for. So. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll find it. I did, in fact, get a, a business card. Excellent. Um, but yeah, there was... All, you said Midwestern um, artists. There was also one of my favorite 
uh, artists and comic book creators from Tucson was actually here, so I got to see her again. Uh, Karina Moore Art, she does a comic book called Wild Rose, and it's super amazing and super, like, Islamic-inspired and very queer, which are all of the things that make me happy. If there were baked goods, we'd we'd be done. I mean, the kitchen is just several feet away like we we could have time afterwards i meant in the comic but also oh. yes oh, we no. could have them now i thought you meant like generically like if i had big codes with me this would be like a perfect moment type situation <laughs> all right keith's turn yeah my turn okay i'm trying to think that she saw a lot of cool things to see through to this year um you see one i've discovered the train is too much from my house lets me out right downstairs so like i have no excuse not to go in the future at this point this is like Five to fifteen minute transit, but um, outside of that, the actual convention itself, um, like there were a lot of cool cosplayers that I noticed. Like on Friday, we went. It was just like pick up our press badges, did a couple laps, and then went home. But like we saw some cool stuff there. But Saturday was the day she awarded who won the best cosplay at the convention. So that's like the day that all the really good people, I mean, all the like different level of cosplayers came out essentially and stuff. And that was cool. I thought like a Chewbacca doll, like probably like nine feet tall, so definitely on stilts, and that was really cool. Um, I started watching Arcane, so I saw a lot of those characters walking around casually throughout the con. And that stuff already stood out to me for sure, too. Um, as far as things that I, I came close to buying, at one point we walked past, and also I actually successfully made it out without paying a bunch of money for stuff. But um, one thing that would have made me go broke is that there was a stand that had a bunch of leather jackets that were based off of like different like fandoms and all that stuff. And like they were all so cool. Like... And I put it on, and I felt like I was like an action movie. So like, there's a good chance I'm gonna get one of those at some point in time in the future when I like save up for it because they had like a Nightwing jacket, they had one from Avatar, they had like all this stuff. Like, just let me find like the right jacket from the right fandom that fits my size. Like, it's all it's all game over. Much. It's game, game over, over right? Mm-hmm. But um, that stuff was all really cool. We did actually sit in on a panel once, um, just like like a bunch of us that came with this trip, and it was for I forget their name actually. It's probably best I don't say their name because I'm gonna like be honest about how things went. Um, it was for a small podcasting group of like nerdy content, and they had a panel, which kind of makes me realize like, oh, we can definitely have a panel at some point. If this is all it takes. Where the goal was for them to do like an anime name that tune type thing. It's Hurdle. It, yes. It, it was Hurdle, it's but, anime, but hurdle. anime. And to their credit, they let us know in the beginning that the person who made this game was not there that day. And that the person who made this game, again, either has two settings. Very incredibly difficult or super duper easy. No, and, no. That that was sort of like, that's usually how it works. And then there was the added wrinkle of all of these animes are maybe a little, little bit older. And they, they kept emphasizing sort of like... Who watched an anime release in like the last three decades? <laughs> and then we used, and so then the game went on, and they probably went through like at least twenty or so like things. And basically, the point was like they would play one second, then three seconds, and eight seconds, and then like if people knew it at those intervals, they could raise their hand from the audience. They would get picked and try to guess what it is. That game got so sad and like depressing that like they started giving us hints and changed the rules, and people still didn't get things and like. Some of the, a couple of them were things like, oh yeah, like that flashy anime came out in the past five years. Some of them were shows that came out like in 1988, and I'm like, who's going to know this? Well, so like we opened up, and then like the first guest was like Jujutsu Kaisen, and sort of like that's too recent, that's way too recent. And then the next one was like My Hero Academia, <laughs> yeah. which is like within like the two years, and I'm sitting and sort of like, okay, so like 
the timetable isn't exactly working. And, like, my hero, that particular my hero, too, was, like, the latest season. So it's sort of like, like, there, there's more, and then we started deviating into into the depth. There was an Escaflone OP at one point, and just sort of like, I had not thought about Escaflone in, in many moons, in many months. Um, it was a different time. I also was a child. Um <laughs> Fair. And also the prize for getting the correct answer was I think a Tootsie Roll. It was a candy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I'm like, it's not worth all this for this super obscure anime knowledge. But like, it all. But they did salvage it by the end by having us all sing the Pokemon theme song, which like is something we can all connect on because most people that see to be two will need to know that song or at least the melody of it. So they pulled together. It, the it, it was. It It had a good energy and it was a good effort. But also for like somebody who's sort of like maybe I'll get one or two of these to be sort of like. I'm not sure these are real anime. I think I think you googled stock image of anime woman, but that because there was no title text, there was no discerning information. It was just like here is this lady. <laughs> that was that should stand how it will go. I mean, at one point I turned to Mikael. I'm like, do I need to watch more anime? It's like no, <laughs> so oh. much good anime already. I was feeling very insecure, but now I started to feel better towards the end when I was like, I'm in a room full of weaves and no one knows most of these. All right, we're good. But that's pretty much been my C two experience, C two E two, excuse me, experience for the most part. Um, other than that, though, like before we take a quick break, just wanted to say you may have noticed because everyone's so wonderful. We actually have a live, not studio apartment audience with us today. I clarified that in the opening bit. I I was very explicit that I knew it was incorrect and I was still doing it anyway. I was going to welcome them to like acknowledge themselves or something so that like people believed us. Ah, hi. There we go. Thank you very much, Miguel. <laughs> All right, with that, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. And we're back. So, uh, con experiences generally good, which for a first con back into the real world, it instills confidence uh, that, uh, like, we can do these things still, and that, like, we can still be in spaces together, and it's really nice being in a physical space with my co-host for the first time ever. This is, this is an episode first, and as a relatively recent podcast, it's great that we can still have new firsts every so often, so... Uh, I wanted to touch on some uh, observational things, uh, incidental observations. So I wanted to ask my co-host, what were like the biggest fandoms you saw represented and what were like surprising fandoms you saw represented? And I can go first if, if y'all need a second to formulate thoughts. Yeah, go for it. Just head nodding. Cool. Maybe this was also because the, the One Piece booth yes. was at the very mm-hmm. front, but I'm pretty safely convinced that like there were a lot of One Piece cosplayers. Oh. Um, and, like, a wide distribution of the, the character network there. Like, there was a fair number of Luffy, Zoro's, uh, Laws. Uh, there was one person who I think is a Yamato, but I'm not there in the anime. So, like, I can only make conjecture and not, not full confidence. And I'm pretty sure, like, the One Piece booth also had, like, professional cosplayers hanging yeah. around there. So, like, that, that was cool. Like, seeing Frankie. Um, any other big fandoms represented? Ooh, that was the main one, honestly. I will say, I saw a, a chopper at some point in time, too. So that was pretty interesting to see in person. Um, other, I, was like, I kept seeing Bakugos everywhere. 
Yeah. And I think that also, but that also may have been me being like very self aware because I was wearing the Koski Bakugo jersey. And like, I kept thinking, like, you're me. So, like, it happened a lot. So, that was probably a big thing for me. Uh, so, I guess similarly, just like the things that I'm into and also my background, there were a ton of Spartans. Um, I understand they're not real guns. Don't point weapons at people. No. 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 Please don't do that. No. Um, no. Mm, things and stuff. Also, I felt like there was a lot of just general Ghibli core just mm-hmm. floating around. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Those were... Who was the... It was the Protag in Howl's Moving Castle. Howl? No, no. The Sophie. Sophie. I saw I saw a couple Sophies that then named that tune. One of the blue mm-hmm. dress and the, the gray yeah. hair. Yeah. So, mm, that's nice. Uh... As far as things that I was genuinely surprised to see, there was a there was a homestuck troll in in the panel. I would recognize those horns anywhere. It's sort of like, wow, y'all y'all are still out here. It's been it's been many years, and the homestuck fandom still still finds its way to to me. So that was cool. Um, and the the one that I wish I got a picture of, but it was in the middle of Artist Alley, and the movement there is kind of like fishes and packs, which is sort of like it just goes and flows. Um, but there was a silent from Slay the Spire who had the green cloak and then like the full spine going down with, with like the fake knives and it's like that. That's really cool to see a, somebody cosplaying a character from a from an indie game there. So that that was neat. I I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. So other other niche finds. It's sort of like this was from me. This was so that way I could see you. Hmm, okay, I, mm, that's not quite the angle I would take. I think the one called Moonstalk Guard is the way that I'll probably go about this. And I saw somebody cosplaying as Ric Flair, the Nature Boy, and, like, I saw them twice, actually, because I saw them once inside the convention. They, I walked in, uh, Rick, allowed Ric Flair and everything, like, being loud, trying to get the attention. But, like, they didn't even do the catchphrase, you know, like, <laughs> the whole, like, profile and limousine ride and wheel and deal and kiss deal and, like, son of a gun, like, that whole thing. They didn't even say that, at least not when I was around them, when they first hit the floor. I'm like, that's the moment, though, right? So that was kind of disappointing. But then when I saw them outside, when I was coming back from getting lunch, I saw them, woo! And they did it back. I'm like, all right, we're fine now. You did the thing. Because I think they were, like, mid-conversation, and I actually cut them off with it, and they just stopped middle of the sentence, did it back. I'm like, all right, we're good. So that was probably the most unexpected cosplay that I saw. I have a special guest that I need to mention afterwards, but you, you first. No, I just want to acknowledge that Keith needed, just needed acknowledgement in the middle of a conversation in order to, like, be okay. <laughs> and that I like got excited. <laughs> um, so I think for me, there was a real casual snipe from up. And it was, like, very recognizable, but just, like, it was super adorable. And I was like, I have made this rainbow thing, and if you know, you know, and if you don't, you don't. And it was, it made me happy. That's good. Casual cosplays, or, like, sneaky cosplays, always great. So, um, I was hanging out with my friend Steens from St. Louis. They're a comic book offer for Heart of the City, which is a uh, comic you can also read online at Go Comics. They had a panel there, and they, as I was hanging out with them, they pointed out that there was a cosplayer who was dressed as a waiter, which I was sort of like, what is that? And it was actually the Poka waiter from the Pokemon games, and much like the actual Pokemon games, you could play a game with the waiter to, to get things. So, uh, 
they played rock, paper, scissors with the Pokemon Raider, and then uh, they got a 200, like, Poke-Yen coin for, for winning, which I thought that was really cool. And it had, like, engraved in the back, like, C2E2 2022. So, Very cool. like, the cosplayers there were lots of fun to watch, and everyone who wanted to be photographed was getting photographed, and everyone who clearly wanted to be left alone was also getting clearly left alone, which is great. But that's what we want to see. <laughs> So, any more cosplayer things? Ooh, I mean, I talked about ten foot Chewbacca, and then I thought normal size Chewbacca. And they were like, you're not doing enough. <laughs> you <laughs> need that. to be on stilts. You, I'm sorry, you, you need, need to, to learn a whole new talent just to go all the way with this cosplay. I need commitment. The standards yes. that you have seem realistic, high, stilted, like stilt. <laughs> um, I was going to hide if you need stilts, and I yes. just maybe. Maybe a little hypocritical. <laughs> oh, entirely I'm not so. Not gonna lie. Oh, it's incredibly so. I don't even dress up for Halloween until recently. So, like, no, yes. <laughs> let's not get into your lack of enthusiasm for spooky season, <sighs> which we apparently are currently in. It's it's, it's now fall. It, July what? is the end of summer. Everyone knows this to be true. Spooky season. Okay, it's pre spooky season. Victoria, can we, can no, we, can we agree to the pre spooky season at least? No, that is before July 4th. It's 90 degrees in Chicago. So it doesn't matter. You can go to any of the stores and get fall decor and Halloween decorations. It is spooky season. You can find Christmas stuff too. You know what? Don't bring Jesus into this. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I'm, not bring, I'm bringing capitalism into it. Keith, Keith, Victoria <laughs> is our spooky expert. Like, we have to see the spooky season start time to to the subject matter expert. I'm just saying, I feel like an imbalance is happening here because, like, spooky season gets, like, four months and Christmas gets more than it should, but still, like, two But in this current model. Are what? you, wait, the, what, when? You're no, saying you have no, from August no. into October for spooky season. Yes. And then I'm saying I have November, December for Christmas. You should be happy you're getting November, December for one. Ho- this is a season, Keith. A season. That's also one holiday. No, 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 no. You're conflating these two. Halloween happens during to be spooky, in season. spooky season. Christmas so gets. Spooky season's independent of Halloween. Yes. Yeah. It's a mood. Yes, because there are multiple holidays that occur in spooky season. They are all generally related because they are usually like ancestor acknowledgement but they are different and they are celebrated around the world at slightly different times okay i'm not gonna win this no <laughs> i'm just gonna let it move on <laughs> and guess luckily for spooky season in august mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a good concession and there's no good transition for what i need to go to next to so we're just gonna we're gonna do the hard pivot uh <laughs> Bunch of panels. Uh, C2E2 had a lot of programming all three days. So much so that like we could not even touch a fraction of them. Um, but there was a lot of good stuff. And w- lots of spotlights on different creators, and including one on Chris Claremont, who I think is trending on Twitter right now after, after shenanigans. Uh, but one of the cool things that I saw when I was looking through all of the different panels, and I attended one of them, was that there was a lot of, like, pedagogy and pop culture. There was a lot of panels focused on sort of, like, how do you bring pop culture into the classroom? How do you engage with different, like, younger audiences where they're at using stuff that they are passionate about? And that that was really cool. So the panel that I went to uh, was, uh, is Clifford a kaiju? And talking about... <laughs> Sorry. No, that is a, a. We will each answer that question in a one-word thing at the end of this. Um, but a bunch of these were hosted by uh, Lit X, which is a, a 
organization that does promotions for this. Um, and the panel itself had like English teachers, speech pathologists, artist teachers all talking about sort of like, this is how we can use pop culture to help teach, which is really cool and something that like I knew I would have loved growing up and I didn't get that much of. Uh, we read Mouse once and I had to... I had to, like, fight tooth and nail to get, like, the second volume of Mouse that they had in, like, the book serves, but, like, I wouldn't be able to get to it normally because it's in the book book uh, storage unit. So that was really cool. Uh, there was a zining panel also hosted by my friend Steens, and, like, I love zines. I love, I love the use cases and stuff like that. There was a Discords and Libraries panel, which I really wish I was able to attend in full because, as, as everyone here knows, I'm the biggest advocate for Discord at this moment. Um... But yeah, it was it was really great seeing like these informational panels and stuff like how do we leverage pop culture because I feel like that's becoming more and more of a way to to make connections and make it personal and I I really appreciate that as someone in an education adjacent thing that doesn't get to use pop culture because I had to teach boring software. <laughs> Not totally get that. Now as far as like general non cosplay cool things saw that happened at C two E two. Um, first and foremost, like my forever and always bay was Ariel Dawson was like one of the big guests there. Then I get to interact because like again that would have cost like fifty bucks. But like we were in the same space at one point in time, possibly. Like that's really cool. <laughs> um, other things that seem I really appreciate seem cool. As far as going back to like Artist Alley and stuff, like I love C two E two science conventions because you get creators from all different parts of their career, different audience sides and stuff. Like like I was just alluded to, like Chris Claremont was there. We walked past like, hey, that's Chris Claremont, the guy that like built the foundations of the modern day X-Men essentially and then on the other side though like I saw artists who I supported their kickstarters because they like make good independent stuff I like like Tom maybe pronounce, pronounce his last name wrong Tom Zoller Tom Zaylor and he made two books that were originally on webtoons one being warning label that was about someone dating someone and then like they're list of all the biggest flaws that madly popped me up and stuff. The other one being Cupid's Arrow which was about like two Cupids who work to make people like organically and healthy fall in love with each other and stuff like that and everything. Very cool stuff, right? So that was cool to see that whole range of things. And other than that, though, it was just, like, good vibes in general. Like being in cool, nerdy spaces. What about you, Victoria? Um, well, like I said, I spent most of my time in Artist Alley. I did not go to any of the panels. Um, and part of that was because um, a lot of those panels that are kind of pedagogy-oriented are things that I leave back home Um, because I do work in education and so it was really cool to see that this was being supported in a mainstream way like that there wasn't just like one Um, there were several to choose from Uh, and I think that that is evidence of a shift that had started before the pandemic but we were kind of fighting for and then with the pandemic different and innovative ways of teaching became standard and became what you were seeking out. Um, and so I think that it is really cool that that's becoming a bigger thing and that it is open to not just these niche, like, do you, do you have one pop culture nerd at your university? Go talk to that person. Uh, it's now like everybody. And it means that students also can take that with them and be like, no, I, I would like to do this, and I know it's possible, and I think that's really cool, and helpful with self-advocacy. 
So I think overall, like, we each engaged in C2E2 to, to different degrees because we are old and tired and, uh... There were lots of people there. It, it's really, it's really hard to like stay. Like there were so many more people there, and it was actually like a reasonable like level of stimulus, which was odd because the last big convention I went to was New York Comic Con, and there was just there's just noise. And then like this one, like you could like sit down, and then like things would wash out in a way that like you couldn't do elsewhere. So like, and I appreciated that. I appreciated how they curated the space. Uh, the DJ was like adjacent to the front hall but like it wasn't so loud that it would permeate throughout the entire giant building it was a really good time i'm glad i came up i'm glad i got to see see the people here and looking forward to doing it again next year maybe like my cats that's the thing um i am definitely down to do this again next year at the very least i'm down for us having like another like annual just nerdy get together because like we had this year we did some cool dnd things we had a lot of good meals and all the good times and laughs and stuff so at the very least i'm down for that having annually whether it be a c2e2 or somewhere else yeah i'll hang out with you guys <laughs> yes we passed the test we succeeded <laughs> We did we, it. We were so worried about what was going to happen to our, our co-host chemistry when we were all in the same <laughs> space. It, it was looming over us like a dark cloud. So this will happily not be the last episode of This Week in Nerd News. Wait, that was a concern? I just thought we couldn't do this in person. Any- Keith, did you did you not trust us? I was thinking that we will realize the chemistry doesn't work in person. Like, I'm done with this. But like, that that's just in person. Like, you, you are insinuating that it wouldn't work back back online. Okay, you know what? I guess your answer's too close to the sun again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want you to think I was real. Yeah. Take us away, Victoria. <laughs> All right, y'all. So apparently, we are wilder in person. <laughs> but if you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in Nerd News, please to tweet us at Black Nerd Problems with the hashtag TWINN. That was This Week in Nerd News. Tune in next week for more pop culture updates. I'm your host, Victoria Vertine. I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland. And I am your host, Michael Snyder. This episode of This Week in Nerd News was recorded in Keith's house. Please remember to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. Oh, darn, I forgot to mention the live studio audience. We have a live studio audience. Live one-bedroom condo audience. See y'all next week.